It's a remix. <laughs> hey guys, we're back again. It's second dinner. We're your friends. Wow, guys, that rhymes. <laughs> anyway, we're here. My name is John Isidore. What up, I'm Thomas. I'm Diamond. And I'm Nicole. We're now. Oh, oh snap. This is for Nicole. I only vaguely know what we're talking about tonight. I know it is M. Night. How do we say his last name? There it is. Shalomala. 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 Hopefully that's not copyrighted. Oh no! Don't come off me, Jim Henson. Rest in peace. So what? We want some M shite. All right. Now we know what John thinks of this movie. Goodness gracious. Uh, one day I might. Never mind. Never mind. Anyway. Stop drinking so that. M, mm, I almost said it again. I almost said it again. M Night. M Night. I know, I know we watched, like, specifically Unbreakable and Split. Um, Thomas, Nicole, and I also watched Sixth Sense. True. Um. I've seen some other ones. I never saw Afterbirth. I saw The Village. What else have I seen? I didn't see Avatar. Oh goodness. What which ones have uh, you seen? Okay, I'm trying to while I'm trying signs? to I saw Lady in the Water. Yeah. I didn't see signs. So do you just so you count the ones that he's directed, not only the ones that he's written and directed? Cause there's movies that people say M. Night Shyamalan did this one and that's that's what I count gotcha. I don't know which one he's written versus directed did he do Devil he did do Devil yes one? Devil Devilator yeah wait did he write the last name I feel like he did oh snap well he certainly didn't create it so it's not it's only his fault in direction <laughs> yep written co-produced and directed by M. Night Shyamalan wow it has 6% on Rotten Tomatoes. Goodness gracious me. I did not see the happening. Is that the Mark one where Wahlberg. Marky Mark fights some trees? Yep, and Zoe Deschanel is in it. Oh, did not see that one. I haven't seen that one either. Zoe Deschanel's in yep. that one? Yep, yep. I think she is when she still had... Uh... No. She... Ability to act? Uh, no, she had brown hair in that. Never mind. Oh, that's what you Yeah, because like an elf, she had blonde hair. I don't know, whatever. Hmm. So yeah, uh, Unbreakable and Split. <laughs> Those are the two you see? What do you mean? Oh, you just listing general ones? Uh, yeah. Last Amateur, Unbreakable, Split, Six Sense, and that's it. What about you, Dad? Uh, I've seen all the ones that have been listed. Um, so... Yeah, Unbreakable, Split, Sixth Sense, Lady in the Water, The Village, Signs. Um, and that's it, because there's no way you can make me watch The Visit. But <laughs> With the evil grandma. Ooh, what is it? I did. What is The Visit about? Creepy about old people. Old people. <laughs> Diamond ah, with the 60 yeah, second recap. <laughs> wait, no, no, wait. Before we do that, I did watch another movie. It seemed like it would be an M. Night movie. It was about... Um, it's about a a guy, and he steals a car from this other guy, 
but he doesn't realize that that other guy he steals a car from is like in actuality a demon from the underworld he's the boogeyman and then the boogeyman comes to collect and he takes not just his car back but the man's life and his whole family and everything he knows and loves. Did he turn into Ghost Rider? It was John Wick. It was John Wick. <laughs> I was just about to say, it sounded like John Wick at first. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. It was really a rom com. Anyway. I was waiting. Yeah, hit us with, okay. You can get, what do you want? Do you want one 60 second recap for both movies? Or, I don't care. You tell us what, tell us what happened in these movies. Uh, wait, Unbreakable and. Split? Oh my gosh, I almost called it Glass. Yeah. Glass isn't out yet. <laughs> well, if you give me the 60 second recap on Glass. No, how about this? You do Unbreakable and Split, and I'll do the 60 second recap on Glass. Okay. How about that? Okay. Boom. Okay. Go. So, uh, blah. <laughs> uh, Unbreakable and Split are two movies made by M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Strong start, strong, strong start. Strong start. Sorry, I'm buying myself time. Um, there are about... That's not how that works. Uh, yeah, um, about 16 years between the two. Um, uh, and they actually end up going together. Um, Unbreakable has Bruce Willis and um, Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, basically, a bunch of shit happens and they end up being against each other. This is the movie that... It's been longer since I've seen it. So I will go to... <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of shit happens. That's the movie. Hey, you know what? This is a sixty. This is my yeah, sixty-second recap. Split, split, <laughs> and then split, split is uh, James McAvoy being twenty-three different, twenty-four different people. Um, and spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. And um, uh, he abducts three girls. And once again, a bunch of shit happens. <laughs> and um, you basically find out that um, it's not just him being split, but him becoming more than human and um uh the movie ends and you see bruce willis again and then i'm gonna be honest wasn't keeping track of i time. was that's fine <laughs> how'd you do just under all right my turn so in the movie glass um elijah glass man whatever his name is um he's in an institute and bruce willis is trying to stop split boy and he confronts him somewhere. They both get captured, either intentionally or unintentionally. They end up in the Institute with Glass Boy. And they're all in there together, because we're all in this together. And while they're there, I don't know what Bruce Willis is trying to do. Maybe figure out what's going on, stop him, something. I don't know. Um, but Glass is making friends with 24 other people in one body. And they break out, and they've got some plan. They're going to do something. I don't know what it is. Um, but Bruce Willis is trying to stop him. He goes to confront him. He finds himself outmatched when all of a sudden an adult Haley Joel Osment shows up. Not played by Haley Joel Osment, but someone else who doesn't look like him. And Sixth Sense Man is back. And with all the aid of his ghost friends and all the skills he's accrued over the years, he and Bruce Willis take down Glass and Split and whatever happens. He went over and all 60 these. seconds. <laughs> you were supposed to stop me. I thought that was rude, so I didn't. <laughs> this is Thomas's version of a 60 second recap also that's Isidore's version of what he wants Glass to be well I just think it'd be really great if we got the ghosts back again you could just use the but guy from Always Sunny that looks like Haley Joel Osment you Danny DeVito? Charlie Day? 
Yeah, there's a guy in Which one? Uh, Always Sunny that looks like Haley Joel Osment. Charlie Day? No, not Charlie Day. Danny DeVito. Guys? I bet if you shaved him, he'd look the same. No, not Danny DeVito either. One of the other guys. <laughs> is it the tall one or the short one with the dark hair? Uh, I'm just looking up like names. Rough. Uh, it's either the pretty boy or the rough boy. It's Your Rob McElney. McElney? Uh, Colin Farrell. I don't know their names. I can't help you. I don't watch this show. <laughs> the, I don't know. Gotcha. Does he have dark it's Mac. hair and a beard? It's, yes, that guy. Okay. The rough boy. Rough boy. Colin Farrell. Got it. Got it. So. <laughs> there we are. In our saga of um, movies about M. Night Shyamalan thinking that trauma gives you superpowers. Yep. Wait. Does he? Do his other movies have that too? I'm trying to think right now. Signs. I mean, because Sixth Sense certainly does. Signs kind of does. What was the. Oh, never mind. I was thinking, you mean literal trauma too? I was like, what did Bruce Willis's character, David, experience trauma, but he went through three life well, I mean, threatening. He doesn't have superpowers. He's just a ghost. The kid went through trauma. What? No, oh, next. Other Bruce Willis. Uh, unbreakable. Were they both named David? David Dunn was unbreakable, it... and the other guy, I forget his name. He was, No, he was Malcolm. Right. Oh, yeah. Malcolm in Sixth Sense. Got it, got it. So, yeah, David. I was trying to figure out what you meant by him experiencing yeah. trauma, but he physically experienced trauma with the train and the but plane and the But also automobile. drowning in that pool as a kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, signs. He has emotional trauma. That's... Yeah. Mel Gibson? I saw Lady in the Water and I had trauma. Oh, there's that. We, we all have superpowers now. <laughs> you have superpowers and you have superpowers. Um, okay. Well, see, this is a game that I don't know if we should play. Based on our own personal traumas, what superpowers would we get? I don't think we should play. No. My first thought after Split was uh, the Horde wasn't going to kill me. And I was excited about that. Please put a bookmark in that. When we get to split, I have some, I have thoughts. But anyway, Unbreakable. I'll just say I like Unbreakable. It's I'm, I'm gonna stay stand out there on my own on that one. Then I think it's a good. I movie like that one. Watch. I like Unbreakable. <laughs> Who doesn't? That's, I thought that's that that was, was definitely one of those ones that people. That oh, sorry. <laughs> it was just I thought you were trying sad. to be funnier. Like the whole... <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, I'm developing superpowers oh, trauma I just snap. experienced. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, I'm immune to burns. Man. I'm back. <laughs> I had pause, to. Pause, pause, mm. Yep. Had to. Well, she enjoyed it. <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying. <laughs> so Unbreakable was good. It was just so slow. I felt like the pace was just. Glacial. Yeah, and of course that mixed with all of the like the dark aesthetic that he had going on. At some point, I was like, "Look, Shinomina, I'm gonna need something to happen because I'm starting to tap out of this movie." You know, I I didn't realize that all his movies were. I I remember that Unbreakable was just like like really slow and deliberate in its pacing, but I didn't think of that as all of his movies. And then we watched Six Sense right afterwards, and I was like, "Yeah, oh, he just loves this shit." Yeah. I didn't see Afterbirth. How was that? Because I imagine that would be faster. I, was it? 
Are you saying after it's Earth or after Birth? I never saw it. But you're talking about the yeah. Will, the Will yes. and Jaden movie. I've only seen it once, and so I, I don't feel like I could have a good representation of how what? slow it was because I didn't go in there thinking that. Oh, okay. So the answer is we well, don't know. Okay, how about this? Did you leave that movie feeling like, oh man, that took a long time? Uh, it was more or less just me being disappointed. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't really think about the whole, this took a long time. It was more just like a general disappointment. Were you disappointed for a very long time or a little bit of time? Are you still disappointed? Yeah. Yeah. Like the trailer was really good and I love Will Smith. And I really like Jaden too. And I was like, Oh, this is great and then it wasn't I honestly feel like some movies like I feel like him and Tyler Perry have a a, a similar problem. They make bad movies. Where they they are the people that like are how do you call it? Like utility knives where they can be able to do everything. And that is how they function if it gotten successful. But they can be able to like pass the ball and allow somebody else to score. And I feel like if they infuse like more writers into their circle um, and just focus on like directing for certain uh, ones or like producing for others, that the product can definitely improve. I got lost in that metaphor when we switched from knives to basketball players. But I think other people to help your writing is not a bad idea if that was the thing that you said in there that was the general sentiment like I feel like if somebody if there was a another writer for After Earth it could have went well okay. okay but disappointment is a choice and that's what I want you to remember but in terms of deliberate pacing <laughs> Signs is also really slow because they like made a whole big deal about the fact that it was supposed to be like an alien movie and it was slow. Don't spoil it. I haven't said it. Wait, wait. Don't spoil it because you heard what she said. <laughs> I haven't said it. I think I know what what's going on, guys. Yeah. She can hear you. <laughs> she can't see me winking vigorously. No, I'm not having a stroke. What? What is... Uh, oh. That's his name, Joking. 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 Think of it like wow, a, I was way like off. A white man. Joking <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix. Okay. You gotta say it from your throat, yeah, from your soul. He was in that. He yeah. was in Signs, right? Yeah. He was a baseball player. I think I've only seen Signs once. Yeah, but I know that's one of the ones that people generally agree with with M Night. How many good movies do you think M Night has? I feel like people say like about five. What are they? Uh, Six Sense, Split, Agree. Unbreakable, Agree. and more recently, uh, Split. Well, you said then, that one twice. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Did I? Six Sense, Unbreakable, Split, Signs. That's four. Um, and then. People like hmm. the visit. No, yeah, the visit was fun. Yeah, I know, but I don't think people add that. People don't to... love the visit. Oh no, like yeah. The visit. If if the standard if the standard is just good movies, then yeah, the visit will be five. I agree with three <laughs> of them. Wait, which ones? Wh- What's the three, three I like are Unbreakable, Split, and Six Sense. I never saw Science, so I can't defend it. Or the visit can't defend it. But really, of the three that you like, 
splits the first one with chopping block for me, but we haven't got there yet. So let's talk about Unbreakable, the movie I do like. <laughs> Wait, what are what are thoughts about The Village? I've like never seen village. it. I liked like, it, but I called the twist from the get-go. I mean, but that doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. No, it was just disappointing, but we've already talked about disappointment on this podcast. <laughs> Okay, hang on. Remember, kids, disappointment's One, I, a choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I like the village. I don't think it's as good as his movies that I think are real good. I don't think it's as good as Unbreakable Success, but I like the village. I thought it was solid. Um, would, wouldn't turn off, I guess, if it were on the TV. Um, but you wouldn't but, stop your day if you saw it on TV. Probably not. But. <laughs> Um, twist. Are we going to talk about twist? Because Thomas and Nicole and I, we had a conversation about twists and what counts as a twist. What is a twist? What's a twist? Is it different from a surprise? What makes a surprise a twist if they are different? You have any thoughts, Diamond? Um, I don't know because I feel like with Six Sense and Night kind of gave him started off he could have changed the pace at which like he made movies and didn't have some sort of surprise happen at the end of like his next movie and maybe people wouldn't have started to expect a surprise that changed how you viewed the entire I feel like a twist is a surprise that makes me change the view of the entire movie See, I feel like that's, that's what um, Isidore was sort saying. of the well, yeah, the Nicole and I. That's sort of the closest thing to a metric we had had for like what makes a thing a twist, and like it reframes the it reframes the story that you've seen before. It explains a narrative that you didn't understand before, whatever. I think, but the the problem I had with that, even though like I think I agree with it, is I think also that like that could be a surprise too if you don't pay enough attention. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think there's a twist. I think sometimes twists you can see coming. Um, like there's some, and I think this is some of where, what get, what got M. Night Shyamalan in trouble was that a lot of people didn't see the twist in Sixth Sense happening. And so, Mm -hmm. um, I think because of all the hype that movie got, it bled into all his other movies and everyone expected something like that to reframe how they viewed all his movies. And that's, I don't think that's something that he ever really caught again. Um, I think there was, there's some of it in Unbreakable. Shit, I haven't seen his modern movies, so I can't even say. Yeah. (laughs) Except for Split. But Split, yeah, Split is basically just Unbreakable, the sequel. The twist in that is it's Unbreakable, the sequel. Okay, you know what? How about this? We're going to stop pussyfooting around this thing. Unbreakable's a great movie. We may talk about how good it is later, but we're talking about Split now, and we're starting from the back, and we're going to the front. Hold on. And then we'll go into Unbreakable after that. (laughs) Do you think that Sixth Sense is a great movie? Who are you asking? Who are you talking to? Isidore. I think it's legendary. Just, I don't. So when you talk about twists and movies that um, just surprise you, that one is always at the very top of the list. I mean, what? That was made 20 years ago? 99. Good bit ago. 2000. Yeah. Wow. 20 years. Anyway. <laughs> wow. 
what? people still talk about it. It's still, when you're talking about movies, considered really, really great. I mean, even looking back now, with time, it's still, it's still relevant. Like, it doesn't feel dated when you're watching it. Even though we all know what the twist is, you're still super excited to see how it all comes together. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. Like, I say it's um, a very well-done movie. I didn't see it. Like, the first time I saw it was yesterday? Yeah. Or the day before that? That's that's a good long bit after it came out. Like, I was fully aware of what was going on in it, but, like, that didn't... It was still good. It was well well shot, well acted, well put together. It had an interesting story. It was... The story was interesting not necessarily because of what happened, just because of the people in it. It was just good storytelling. So... I don't like calling movies great movies. I you think just said I was, that Unbreakable was a great movie, though. That's why yeah, I asked that question. because I was trying to move us on into Split. That's why. Because I, <laughs> I wanted to say Unbreakable was good so I could trash on Split. I just wanted to clarify, but, though. Like, But go ahead. I mean, if we're going to talk about I would say I like The Sixth Sense more than Unbreakable. So if Unbreakable is great, then Sixth Sense is greater. But whatever. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Okay. Diamond, what do you think? I think Sixth Sense is, yeah, I think it's a good movie. Once again, I don't like using the word great either. But um, it, okay. it does it does everything well. Like, it does cinematography well, it does shots well, it does pacing well, it does, it does everything well. Like, and then on top of that, it has something that you just didn't really expect to see coming. I saw... Uh, Sixth Sense when I was so in like 2000 however old I was then um, and because it was once it had come out on DVD or something and uh, my brother spoiled it in the first two minutes and so Crap. I, uh, I wouldn't have known that except my mom reacted as <laughs> she was like how so your mom's a culprit. my mom's the culprit my brother guessed my mom said how'd you know and then I was angry the whole movie oh no uh, <laughs> But um, it's a good viewing experience. Yeah. So like, I watched it later after that um, because that was my first uh, Sixth Sense experience. Um, but <laughs> it sounds like you've I've had multiple. I see multiple ghosts. Um, <laughs> multiple ghost chasms. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think it's just yeah. I think it's a good movie. I think even after my immediate disappointment caused by my mother um i think <laughs> everything else like Shout out to Dad. yeah <laughs> but yeah like at you know at the time i wasn't watching scary movies because i could or like anything vaguely scary and that was like the first movie that got me back into watching something that could be even slightly thrilling and like we'd be really into it and just be into story so like i look back at that movie and not only is it a good movie but it ha it's a movie that has a place in like my timeline of movies of like movies that got me like interested in film or interested in certain things again that maybe if that movie hadn't existed i wouldn't be where i'm at mm. it's how you got as into film as spike lee yeah exactly <laughs> yeah okay it's uh spike lee joint got it um the bit that never dies because it's a yeah. fucking ghost Oh yeah, we were about to like jump right into Split. How about that? Because Unbreakable was a great movie. We're moving on. Wait, no, okay. I won't. I won't do that to Unbreakable. Do you have any problems with Unbreakable? 
Like, we've all agreed that it moves real slow, but we've also sort of implicitly decided that that's not a bad thing, which I don't think it is. I think that's fine. But is there, is there a bad thing about Unbreakable before we leave it behind and talk about the trash movie split? Uh, I don't know about bad, but Uh-oh. there were just certain uh, things that, like, um, I think his name is Ethan. Is that his name? Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's character? No. Oh. Elijah. Elijah. That, there we go. Okay, so hmm. Um, hmm. Samuel... Ethan. Yeah, Samuel Jackson's character, like the scene where he's in the comic book store and the comic book owner is trying to close up and then he's just being a jerk and like sticking out his foot and all that. He's being a glass hole. (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't know. There were just certain, I felt like it was just awkward because I felt like there was no real reason why he was just acting like a jerk. (laughs) Um, He was upset. Like, isn't that why he was acting like a jerk in that scene? He's, I honestly, honestly, I've forgotten what came before that, like what happened in his life right before that. But I thought he was just having a shitty day. <laughs> like, his theories about who Bruce Willis was wasn't coming together or something like that. I don't I remember. Do you remember, Diamond? Mm, I don't. I'm trying to, but I don't. I mean, it was after, like, He'd fucked himself on some stairs. He'd gone to PT, talked to the wife, found out that the wife, um, the wife relayed to him that David had gotten injured in a car accident, which sort of squashed his belief that David was a superhuman, meaning that he wasn't special either. I think that's what it was. Mm. Like, because he found out that David wasn't special, it meant he wasn't special, and that's why he was being a dickhole, because he was having a bad day realizing that he wasn't superhuman got you and then like at the end though where he's like i should have seen this coming the kids called me mr glass i don't see what like they were just being jerks i don't i don't see why that seemed like it was like a secret meaning of why his life was the way it was i thought that was weird i feel like i don't recall the scene the way you well, uh, Bruce Willis, after he shakes hands with Samuel Jackson's character, mm-hmm. um, and then he's like, I don't, I don't know the exact quote, but it seemed like he was just like, uh, should have seen this coming. They called me Mr. Glass. Yeah, look at that. Like I'm trying to think of anything that I didn't really like about Unbreakable, and I don't think they're besides like. Once again, I watched this shortly after it came out, and I was young, so the pacing... I remember my mom being like, this is an amazing movie, because obviously she really likes M. Night Shyamalan, now that I've mentioned her twice. But um, I remember being like, I, you know, it was okay. Um, and then once again, watching it later, and just being like, no, this is a really, really good movie. Like, the writing in Unbreakable is... Like probably the best that M Night has done in terms of his films. Two days. Alright, I got it. He says, um, now that we know who you are, I know who I am. I'm not a mistake, it all makes sense. In a, in a comic, comic, you know how you can tell who the arch villain's going to be? He's the exact opposite of the hero. And most times they're friends like you and me. 
I should have known way back when. You know why, David? Because of the kids. They called me Mr. Glass. So he was just sort of understanding his identity framed by Dunn's. Yeah, I guess that's why I wasn't sure what you were saying because, like, I don't even understand your problem with that. He or said, like, I should have known back then. Like, I should have known I was going to be a villain back then. They called me Mr. Glass. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, just because they were making fun like, of him, I, he was just like, oh, I should have known no, I was going to No, I don't think he should have known he was a villain. I think he should have known who he was yeah. instead of waiting his whole life to figure out who he was based on the strong man that he wasn't. He should have known who he was the whole time because they were telling him from since he was a kid. Yeah. But I thought he's the whole, Mr. Glass, and Mr. Glass is a persona of the villain. I thought the whole point of like him being who he was was that he discovered he was a villain. I think it was where he accepted no, he, he was a villain. he discovered that he he realized that there like, well not realized but he thought if he was who he was there was an opposite. I don't think there was an attachment to hero or villain until he met the the other guy and the other guy was a hero. Well, who is the character in the comic book that Mr. Glass or Elijah rather is based off of? Like, what was his general deal? Um, there's no like, the Mr. the the Unbreakable movie isn't like it's not like a Marvel movie where it's taken directly from a comic. Um, it does follow the general archetype of a villain who's super smart but physically incapable of anything really special, like. There, there are some superheroes who are smart and have something else, like Mr. Fantastic is a genius. He's also got an indestructible elastic body. Or Iron Man, who is a genius and has given himself an indestructible robot body. But villains, the villains who are super smart oftentimes, not exclusively, but oftentimes are just super smart and don't have another thing going for them. So they make plans and make other people do their stuff or whatever. So he fits into the archetype of a evil genius with mental ability, but not any physical ability to fight his foe. Okay. But yeah, besides those two things, I can't really think of anything else. I want to watch this movie again, guys. I love, I love Unbreakable. <laughs> Unbreakable. What song is that? It's Alicia. Get out of here. Alicia Keys? Yeah. All right. Anyway, okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem with, with Umbrella. I think it's great. I don't think there's a problem with No, I it's fine. That whole it's last fine. scene, the one that you read, is like probably one of my favorite scenes, just period in the existence of anything. When I was reading, I was like, I wish I could do this better because it's real good. <laughs> it's real good. But then I was like, it's okay. Thomas will just put the actual thing over me talking and it'll be okay. I but honestly I, as you were you reading all it those people. <laughs> As you were reading it, I literally just heard it like fade from you talking into the movie clip, mud. But what? Ma- I wish every time I spoke, that's what happened. <laughs> That'd be a really cool superpower. What made you? Uh, yeah. What What makes it your one of your favorite scenes, Donna? Just everything about it. Like, like as I said, like Unbreakable is just really well written, and I think just the delivery, like, you know, the delivering of that speech, just like the cinematography around it just the like I feel like I don't know it's one of those that stands out that like okay so I'm gonna jump into split a little bit 
when that theme like jumped into like at the end of the movie and you like I can recognize that theme whenever I hear it because I relate it to that that dialogue I like that dialogue can stand out and like you know whether or not Isra is reading it or I actually watch it it's one of those things that like I don't know it it's a dialogue that I get excited about hearing and just I don't know it's just a good scene and I think um I think it's just a good and whether or not it's a superhero thing because it it stood out to me even the first time I watched it when I didn't really love the movie because I thought it was long um because I just I didn't understand pacing at the time because I was you like, were young yeah I was like 11 or 12 whatever um your whole life ahead of you <laughs> exactly um but I um yeah, I think there was just that, like, sense and and watching it that even that time that was the only scene that really stood out to me. And so when people talked about Unbreakable later, when I hadn't rewatched it yet, I was like, yeah, that's a good movie. Only because of that scene, I couldn't remember any of the rest of the movie, but I could remember that mm. scene from when I watched it the first time. And I don't know. I think that's just what's good about that movie. I don't know. It's interesting because I feel like. At least Sixth Sense and Unbreakable came out at a time where I was like, I guess, yeah, 10, 11, 12. And so while I think like I tend to think those are like his best movies, um, I also I was super impressionable. And so those movies will always have some way of sticking around with me because they did just kind of have that effect. Mm -hmm. um, they hit you right in your formative years. Yep. Like, ugh, kidney shot. Shot. <laughs> Just like I do that. feel like I do feel like uh, this part was written for Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Like one of the first scenes when uh, one of the customers comes in, um, looking at like one of the art pieces, and it's like. I'm gonna buy this for my kid, and he just starts asking like, "How old is your kid?" Uh, and just the way he talks like the way he said the lines it just felt like it was written for samuel jackson like the the not just the line delivery but like the words made it feel like it was you know diamond i'll be with you on that like the the interaction when the reality is revealed that like what is going on is going on and david dunn meets mr glass and knows what's what's transpired to bring him here that scene is like the first thing to my mind when i think of this movie um quickly followed by uh, david dunn drowning in a pool yep. with a tarp over him yep um but then also like i think the other scene that really sticks with me is like mr glass falling down some stairs oh. and how oh my like, gosh how how effective just like on like a gut level that yeah. scene is when it's just a man falling down some stairs but like you know Mr. Glass, you know who he is, and you don't want him to get hurt. And, like, like, they've made what will eventually be revealed to be our villain such a character that you care about what happens to him, and you also know exactly what's about to happen. Mm. And you... It's... It's evocative, and it, like... It, it pulls on you, and it gets the... the sympathy for the devil. What? The minute no. I saw him get on those stairs, I felt my entire body just clench up. I got so anxious. Oh my goodness. I really felt like I was on the edge of my seat trying to be like, no, Mr. Gibbs, no, don't do it. And then every time 
they showed his foot, like they didn't even show it wobbling. They just like moved it just like an yeah. inch. And so it was so effective because you're always like, is this what's going to happen? Is it going to happen? Maybe not. And then even though you're expecting it the whole time, just his the way that he seemed so defeated after he fell and just the like noise he made and he lied there. He just sounded really resigned, like this is my life and this is all I can hope for at this point. It's funny. I agree and disagree because like I feel like when he falls, he sees a gun and he smiles and he's like justified and he's happy in that brief moment. But the, the idea that like you know that's coming the whole time, like as soon as he starts following, dude, you're like, what are you doing? You're gonna get fucked up. And you have well, I had all these feelings about that, and then it's like I'm worried enough, and then he sees some stairs, and I'm a million times more worried about him. Mm. That's just. That's just good storytelling. I, I'm trying to remember if they use the same, um, like if they use the same camera effect that like was used on Wolf of Wall Street, where Leo is looking at the stairs, and then it just seems so much more longer than they were. Uh, I think is wait is that the scene where he's like so fucked up on drugs he's laying on the floor and doesn't realize it? Yeah. Okay, because that's the best scene of that movie. It's true. That is. <laughs> The only scene I've seen of that movie, but the best scene. But no, I'm I'm trying to remember if, uh, if this, if the scene where Samuel Jackson's character is walking down the stairs, if like the camera wobbles a little bit, just showing like how dangerous it can be, like maybe with a camera shake or something. I don't know, but I don't remember if it does that, but I do feel like it wouldn't need to mm. because it's done the work of like building that story and that feeling and that expectation that knowledge of how precarious his position is throughout so they didn't need to like fuck with you when it came to it you understood you fully understood the peril he was in just by walking down the street what I don't understand is why he's still in the wheelchair the personal trainer explained that like in six months he could still be able to like walk again I think it's entirely possible he just got hurt again like getting hurt is his thing I just would like to see him walk in the uh, in like the new movie I don't know it might be his personal villain aesthetic as a wheelchair who knows I mean it does like heighten the idea that like he is nothing but his mind like he doesn't even have a physical body to move around the world in he is his mind and his ability to talk to people and get them to do what he wants yep it's like really leaning to the professor yep. Xavier effect. <laughs> really, it's the Professor Xavier effect. Except not evil. Yeah. Professor Xavier is a jerk. Anyway. That's true. Um, he promised Split. he wouldn't. Uh... You know, it's funny. As soon as I decided we should talk about how bad Split is, then we talked about how good Unbreakable was. You write about Professor Xavier. Um, he promised, is her name Mystique? I don't know. Jennifer Lawrence character in the X-Men movies. He promised never to read her mind, but he did it anyways and breached the trust, which is not a nice thing to do. That's true. It is the tip of the iceberg of him being a douchebag. So what are you thinking? I have, like, four decades of comics in my head. Oh, so including comics? (laughs) Gotcha. I start with comics. I don't start with the movies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm trying to, I don't know. I, I'm trying to remember if he like he was empathetic to um, Magneto's case, like with the things that he was going through and why he views the world the way he does. 
I did like, I don't know if it was in first class or the one after that, Days of Future Past. I think it was first class. I don't remember. But where they were friends, I thought that was nice. Like their interactions. Yeah. I think the Magneto-Xavier relationship is really good. I do think it's a shame that that's all the movies are sometimes. Like, it's a good relationship, it's a good interaction, but, like, the X-Men are more than just one character. Like, they should be an ensemble. They should be a a really good soap opera, like, where all the characters have shit going on and it's interesting and it's good. But, yeah. Xavier and Megan is good. I'll give you that. Gotcha. So split. What y'all think? I have, I had no idea that James McAvoy could. He is the best man. Oh ever. my god! That was absolutely an incredible performance. I've been telling you guys. Incredible. And I think he should become the new Ethan Hunt. <laughs> oh, that's new. I thought you were gonna say that he was gonna be the new uh, Superman. Was it Superman? I don't remember. Oh no. I, no, I feel like you. He's ha- not a Superman. Was it no. not him? I don't know. I know that you wanted the guy who played Vision to be Superman, but I thought that James McAvoy was no. on that list. I don't think that Vision that, that um, Paul Bettany should be Superman. I was just that Vision Vision should be Superman. Vision. Well, that Vision portrays Superman better than Superman okay. does. He's oh. a being who is alien. He's not of this earth, but he understands humanity and cares about humanity. And he's got that whole, like, I'm not from here, but humans are so good, I want good things for them, even though they're not perfect. That sort of, like, Jesus-like quality of, like, I am everything you wish you could be, but I want to be like you because you have humanity or something. That's not Jesus. Don't take that as a gospel. But, like, there's a thing there. Vision does that better than the Clark Kent of the DC Extended Universe does. That's all. But, I mean, if Paul Bettany brings that performance to a character like Vision, then he can do the same thing with Superman, right? That may be true. I was just saying, I never said I want Paul Bettany to be Superman. I was clarifying what you said that I said. That's all. Let's go back to James McAvoy being Tom Cruise's Very good. <laughs> replacement. <laughs> but... That I just think. What did I tell you? Probably did I not. tell you what I thought should happen in Mission Impossible? No. What do you think should happen to Mission Impossible? <laughs> this isn't what we're talking about. But whatever. Uh, I think in Mission Impossible, um, the only way we get rid of Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt is, Tom Cruise? is if Tom Cruise as Ethan Hunt passes on the torch to somebody else. And I think the best way to do that would be for him to have like him to set up like. He, he's forming his crew in these movies, right? He's got um, girl and black man and <laughs> Scottish white boy or whatever. Yes. Like, he's got his crew. And, like, what if he, he gets in a new guy, whether it's Michael B. Jordan or James McAvoy, whatever. He gets in a new guy and he sets him up like he was set up in his first movie, except he's not a bad guy. But, like, he makes the whole team either look like they get killed or betray him and the guy figures it out does all the stuff Ethan Hunt would have done when he was young and then at the end he confronts him on a train probably like the first movie and um, Ethan Hunt admits he's like oh you got me but I'm not really bad so don't shoot me or whatever Um, and by proving himself to be a suitable replacement Ethan Hunt is able to pass the torch to Ethan Hunt 
played by James McAvoy or um, Michael B. Jordan. Mm. Like, those are my picks. <laughs> I think okay. that they should just that Ethan Hunt will just see somebody running on the street and be like, "Man, he's got a good run. He should be on my team." <laughs> That's one way to do it, I guess. <laughs> but speaking of that, James McAvoy running in this fucking movie was the single most terrifying thing towards the end of the movie, where he's just you know what? beast running. That's right. That's very oh correct. that oh, okay. You the worst. The you guys. Loping. I don't know. I thought that Hedwig is dancing by far beat his running. <laughs> in the movie. I was so on edge, emotionally disturbed. The the Why is there no video component to this podcast? Because I'm doing it at the camera. Goodness gracious. Oh. Right now. You oh. Oh. Okay. And after Nicole's text, I was expecting something terrible to happen in that in that scene, and then. It was just him dancing. Then you saw it, and you're like, oh, that's the terrible thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they definitely set it up as if something, like, some shit is about to go down after this dance. And so you're waiting for it, and you're waiting for it. That's I was waiting for Dennis like... to come back, like, in mid, like, dance thing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what I was expecting. That face, as the just had it directly. That's what you were expecting? Yes. Oh. I wasn't expecting that. I don't even know that. what I was expecting. <laughs> Um, I did think that Hedwig, like the, I don't know, James McAvoy is a great actor, like, <laughs> for real though, like, yes. just like how Haley Joel Osment got nominated for Oscar for Sixth Sense, I feel like James McAvoy should have had some type of awards recognition, a glow, or Oscar, or whatever, <laughs> for this performance, because like, the range that he showed was phenomenal like whether it was subtle between like patricia and dennis are like extreme with the beast versus barry you ever watch orphan black because i think you'd be impressed yep. no i've never seen orphan black watch it I heard it's creepy you should check it out it's not as creepy as you think no it is. but it's not about like killing orphans in a cereal box cereal box what? i don't understand Boxes. But you should check out Orphan Black. I think you'd you'd um, think it was very yeah. good. Oh, okay. her, her acting is very good. Wait, Tatiana Maslany. Wait, who are you talking about? Tatiana Maslany. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to say your name exactly. I'm not from where there. she's from. Where she's from? Where do they make hers? So I really enjoyed Split. Um, I thought that the the story was interesting. Um, I don't know. I I thought the reveal was was pretty cool. The actors. What's the reveal? Of uh, the fact that the beast was real. Okay, I was asking because I I want to come back the to the whole idea twist of, versus uh, surprise. surprise versus twist thing. See, I feel like the so. twist of okay, if it was a twist in that movie, the twist would be oh, it's in the Unbreakable universe. The surprise being oh, the beast is actually real. That's how I would say that. Yeah. I feel like surprises can be twists, but man, I don't know how to say this. I don't feel like all. Uh, I don't feel like all surprises. Hashtag not all su- twists. I don't feel like all surprises are twists. Yeah. That's yeah, fair. That's what I'll say. I was just um, anyway. Um, what were your gripes with? Uh, no, what did you like about Split? I like. James McAvoy, yeah. he's really good. I liked um, 
how convincing his sort of different personalities were um, and the exploration of the idea of trauma being a source of strength um, I think I think it was interesting it's, it's worth having a movie about um, I don't know I think it was good I, I saw The Witch when that came out uh, with Anya Taylor-Joy is it Anna or Anya? Uh, I don't remember. Anya? I thought it was Anya. Oh. I'm checking. Yeah. Anya. Anya. Yeah, um, it's Anya. Yeah. Anya Taylor-Joy. I saw that one. I was disappointed by that one, but um, I think she does a good job of being her. I have a lot of problems with her, though, but we're not on my problems okay. yet. So. <laughs> I thought people did a good job. Thank you for your insight. <laughs> no, I. He asked me a question. I I agree. I think, honestly, just every scene with James McAvoy was, like, really all all I wanted to watch. There's a scene where, girl is trying to, and failing to open a door, and, um, you have the all the videos of all the different personalities, and I just wanted to mm. stop watching girl try to fail to open a door. And just watch all the different videos of all the personalities. I'm like, I just want to watch more James McAvoy. I need this. You know, that's that's really good. But if he had stopped to let you see all those, people would be like, why is she watching these videos so open this door? So if they just <laughs> did both. I, you know, I would have been fine if she was just, like, still failing to open the door and we got to watch the videos. I didn't need to watch her fail to open like the door. Like, she's sitting in, this, in the chair watching the videos, but, like, her leg is just kicking out the door, like, open. No, open I mean, the just the camera switching, like... We see her failing. We turn back. We watch videos. We come back. She's still failing. We don't need to watch right, her fail for the thing all that you have time. To, you have to click on the videos to play it, though. I know. Like, so they were just, it's not like it was just a one linear 20. It should have been a playlist, yep. which is possible. But or one continuous instead video. Instead of a playlist, they made it individual icons, and she moves so slowly from icon to icon. Oh, God. Oh, God. I had... As we can tell, that was not my. I've problem. got problems with that girl <laughs> opening doors, but um, it was really hard. Okay, fine. She failed all of it, anyways. Um, you know who's really good at opening doors? That mixed girl or whatever. I don't know where she's from. With the hanger, the girl in the gray panties or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I liked. I liked. I'm just moving right past that. Um, I like James McAvoy in this movie. I think if. Like I stopped watching it last night, and I thought to myself, I enjoyed that movie. But I, if I separated the movie from James McAvoy, I don't think I would have enjoyed the movie because all of his stuff was so good. I enjoyed it. But the rest of it was three dumb girls. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the main girl was smart. Was she? Yeah, she was like resourceful and uh, not trying Only to. Barely. She was not trying to. Uh, to wrestle any feathers like she was very calculated and then when she found out about Hedwig she manipulated him I, I didn't think she was dumb I never said she was dumb I don't yes, think she, that means she didn't, was you did not three say dumb three girls. dumb girls I did say you're right I did say three dumb I girls I said words mean things yeah. mm, I'll stick with it though <laughs> okay. okay Nicole what do you think Besides the Hedwig dancing. I, 
the door. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just thought it was real, real great. The dance? <laughs> well, not your dancing. <laughs> ah, wait. I've evolved beyond that because I face trauma. <laughs> I agree with Diamond that my favorite part was just seeing all of the different personalities. Like, I really wanted to see more of Jade and her diabetes <laughs> and her sass. <laughs> and I loved Barry. I thought it was so interesting how they kept talking about this inner struggle of who is allowed to have the light and kind of how that was that internal conflict that was happening within him the entire time. And especially at the end when you could see them just struggling and him just his facial expressions, all of his demeanors just changing instantly. That was incredible. That was like 40 different personalities and like a two second time span. And I'm like, gosh, James, where are your faces come from? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I really liked it a lot. Those girls, though, they for all gone on my nerves. Oh. I was like, look, I know that See, the, the white girl was too eager, that dark girl was too stupid. And Anya Taylor Joy was too passive. And couldn't fucking open doors. Trauma. I was just about to say trauma affects trauma. the way doors. I get it. That's not my problem. I understand that she's got trauma. That's fine. I get my it. My problem is the doors. That's not my problem. <laughs> she had keys. She couldn't fucking open the door with keys. I know there's a bunch of keys. You saw how big, Come on. like how many keys they were? You have to figure out the right key for the right lock. I know, but she was still really terrible at doors. Can I talk about my problem? Okay, you can talk about your problems now. You got real close to the camera just then. No one knows that but you. Well, now they all know because that's... <laughs> no, so... My problem is with the core concept of trauma giving you powers and how that should elevate you to a new form of humanity and how that should have any sort of relevance at all. Because... They, they present that as a sort of, like, focused idea of Split mm -hmm. and the sort of, like, tangential idea of Unbreakable and the Sixth Sense. Um, like, that happens in those universes. Yeah. Um, but in, in Split, it's like trauma gives you strength. And so, like, or gives you power. It, it elevates you. And you, you see and you know this in James McAvoy's character, Kevin, Barry, whatever. Um, Kevin's you see the how base. It's manifested. Yeah. Um, you see how it's manifested. And then at the end, you find out that the whole time you should have known or it was true that Anya Taylor-Joy's character had also had trauma. And because of that trauma, she was saved from the beast at the end. But, like, I feel... I feel like if her trauma was there to elevate her and put her on the same level as a beast, she should have used it more effectively, more efficiently throughout the movie. And while Thomas wants to say that, like, she did, she was cautious, she was whatever, I don't really see that. Like, I see, I see it in the moment where um, that, that girl comes back and she's like, pee on yourself, and she... She talks about, like, a thing you can do to help yourself in this situation, but she doesn't do that ever again. She just, like, in the rest of it, she just plays it safe until she can manipulate a nine-year-old personality. Um, she's not, like, acting on her trauma 
to give herself a leg up in the situation. And then and then ultimately, when the beast finds her, like the reason he doesn't kill her isn't because she calls on some ability from that's come from her trauma. It isn't because of some innate sense of the trauma. It's because he sees some scars. Like the yes, the trauma has manifested apparently in her self-harming herself and he sees that and recognizes it but like I feel that that's not a sufficient display of power coming from trauma in her for him to recognize like it should be something more than just he sees pain so he lets her go I feel like it should be she has pain she does something and that makes him let go that I think is my my most significant issue with Split that she doesn't bear out the whole trauma gives you power thing in a way that makes him go away yeah like I agree with that and I think maybe that's why I hate saying the door opening thing again but I think maybe that's why that whole bit frustrated me so much it's like yeah I understand she's panicking I understand there's uh, some dude with 24 personalities coming after her and it's really fucking scary but, like, I don't know, there was that expectation that they set really early on in this movie that this this girl is different. You know, something's happened to her. Um, we will get extremely slow reveals exactly what happened to her, even though you know pretty extreme. Pre- pretty early on exactly what happened. Um, but I think there's just this, yeah, I think there's this expectation after that one scene John mentioned of like her saying like pee on yourself do something um like her being quiet but having something to do and then her not ever using that again except to manipulate Hedwig um and I think that I think that was disappointing I think there was sometimes more calculating coming from uh blonde girl than there was coming from um you know trauma girl and I think Uh that was that was frustrating because it was like, okay, blonde girls being headstrong and that her solution is probably not a great solution. This girl, because of her trauma has a good solution for the moment, but then we never see that happen again. And then they get split up and then she doesn't really do anything except panic until the end of the movie when all her layers of clothing, yes, we see the symbolism get stripped away. And (laughs) she finally has like her gun and gets to use all those slow flashbacks we saw earlier to, like, shoot at him. And yes, she hits him, but he's the beast and all creepy and crazy. It doesn't matter. That yeah, does matter. And then, it doesn't matter. It doesn't slow him down. That's not. <laughs> that's not the thing. Like, if you saying that she didn't use her, uh, like, that the trauma didn't bring her, like, because of the trauma, she learned that she had to defend herself she uses a shotgun just like she uh held the shotgun to her abusive uncle when they were right but the shotgun isn't the thing that helps her yeah he doesn't stop because he he doesn't stop and go well done you shot at me and then give up like it came to he was she had shot him twice he's ripping open the bars he sees the scars and goes oh i get why he stopped yeah but but what i'm saying is if the beef is she uh her not using her trauma like that the trauma didn't lead to her uh 
The trauma didn't lead to the beast stopping. It's not whether or not she used it. Yeah, she used some sort of ability. She used the shotgun ability, but it didn't. That's not what stopped the beast. The beast right, stopped. Right, but I feel like you guys pain. are talking about two different things. Like, you you were saying that the gripe was that they established early on that she was different from the others, um, and that like it didn't necessarily lead to action. Uh, but then at the end, you're talking about like how her trauma didn't necessarily make the beast stop. I feel like those are two different points. No, I feel like they're the same point. Like the the trauma didn't lead her to action before the beast attacked, and the trauma isn't what stopped the beast when it happened. Those are connected to me. Like the the things that come out of her trauma aren't the things that help her. I, Whether it's acting before the beast or once he's arrived, her trauma doesn't help her. I don't understand how y'all can say that though. Like. How does her trauma help? You tell us. The, How does her trauma help her? Well, as you guys already said, uh, her talking about, like, peeing on yourself and then afterwards saying, like, I will speak up when it makes sense to me. Um, and then when she found out that she could manipulate Hedwig, I know you guys have said, like, it just seems like you guys are writing that off. Like, her using that manipulation is a thing. Is that connected to her trauma? Because if that's connected to her trauma, that's just her becoming the abuser that's her taking advantage of a child like i mean if that's the biggest manifestation of her trauma being a power i think that's gross i'm not saying it's right but yes i do feel like that's a that's what came out of that yeah and then her being well, able to uh defend herself because of uh like the skills that she learned with the the shotgun at the end learning to hold a gun wasn't the trauma though so even if you say like learning how to defend trauma, yourself like, is the leading to power though, like out of that trauma she <laughs> she knew like she was going hunting the whole time. The whole thing was her learning how to use a gun. It wasn't trauma till later when she was getting possibly raped by her uncle. Right, but they had already laid the foundation. He was like, "This is our game." This wasn't the first time this happened though. Yeah, but right, she already like the gun part? she also knew how to shoot before the flashbacks too. Like, because they were talking about she knew everything already. Like, it was just like some of the pra of her practicing. Like, I think there was. We didn't see the flashbacks when everything started. We didn't. The flashbacks weren't when she learned how to, when she first learned how to shoot a gun. The flashbacks weren't when the abuse first started. The flashbacks were in like in the middle of that, and they were poignant because then it, you saw something of it, and then you got the flashback that her dad died. Um. I think, you know, her trauma was the abuse and that led to the self-harm that led to the bit she shared with Hedwig about getting in trouble on purpose. And like her using a gun, I don't think is part of, you know, her trauma ability. Like she already knew how to do that. Like truly the, the, uh, the white girl who gets eaten, like she was on board with the fight back policy she didn't need trauma for that. Like, being willing to fight back wasn't her power. Yeah. Especially, like, that's... Fighting back being a power could be an arguable stance, I guess, if this weren't a sort of fantastic universe where we see trauma lead to superhuman abilities. Like, I'm not saying she necessarily had to be a superhuman, but that was sort of the 
that's how you know drama manifested into something. He got powers. David Dunn got powers. Glass. Super smart. We don't think super genius is being a power, but like that's his power. Like they all got something beyond what the normal person is capable of. She didn't. She just got scars, and then he treated it like a power because he happened to see it. Yeah, because. But she didn't. If her manipulation of Hedwig was part of her like trauma, power, whatever, um, you would think <laughs> that the Beast would know that because, you know, they all talk to each other. Also, it'd be more effective. Yeah, you would think that like the Beast would have known that she manipulated Hedwig and wouldn't have even gone after her. Like, I think there's this sense of like if like they had communicated before whatever took the light that I think you know if all of that she went through was her using her trauma then it shouldn't have come down to just the beast seeing scars and being like oh you're like me okay bye bye right. yeah like if the manipulation were her power then it would have been effective the two or three times she tried it with Hedwig that would have worked and it wouldn't have needed to be just seeing physical damage like Diamond said does that make sense Thomas uh, I get why you guys are saying what you're saying um, <laughs> I will say I don't I don't I don't feel like uh, that the trauma necessarily will lead into like super and I don't think that was the beast expectation for the girl that's the story's the girl. expectation I feel like that's what the story was putting forward I feel like the story was highlighting that this person who had trauma, like it led to superpowers, not necessarily like that trauma equals superpowers. I think it leaned on trauma, uh, trauma equals set apart. Or you can right. come I mean, because the beast, like the potential. Is, you are different from the rest. Your heart is pure. Rejoice! I don't think that's necessarily like more evolved. We don't, yeah, and I think, I think what Isidore and I are saying is that we don't ever get to see her be more evolved. But I guess this could be her origin story or whatever. And I know for a fact we'll see her in glass. So who knows? Maybe she'll have magic powers by yeah. then. Gotcha. Maybe she can talk to ghosts too. There you like, go. Um, Haley Joel Six Sense. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, I think we could all agree to disagree on like how we nah, okay, how view that this? girl. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. Um, I had kind of thought we'll leave this twisting alone. Um, definitely unbreakable, and then somewhat. Well, these are two different things. I want to talk about the idea. Of, like, are these comic book movies? Are they superhero movies? Is what do you think? I thought you were about to ask if comic book movies are superhero. Uh, I don't think they are necessarily. If you're asking me, I don't think they are. Not all comic books are superheroes. That's what I was gonna say. I like, thought you stopped yourself. Road from to Perdition is a comic book hero, a comic book movie. The it's Walking Dead is a comic book, but it's not a superhero. Um, mm. I'd say more. Uh, comic book than than superhero that's funny though because it plays very strongly on the superhero trope 
of like like unbreakable with them pretty strongly referencing superheroes throughout and even the the idea of like out of trauma you become a hero that's a lot of superheroes that's batman that's spider-man that's a lot of them yeah see i would go i think my first question would be what makes a comic book movie because if it's being based off of a certain set of source material then unbreakable and no (laughs) yeah i like i don't know I lean more towards the superhero movie and less comic book because it is playing off of like superhero tropes and kind of yeah, not making them more real. Yeah, without being comic book. We're talking about Split too, right? Not just Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah this whole franchise, David Dunn universe. <laughs> I mean, because if it's just Unbreakable, I'd say superhero, but it's not just Unbreakable. Well, I think that's I think that's the thing about Split is the the twist reveal is that surprise it's a superhero movie (laughs) or super super villain origin story. Um, Right. Well, I mean, it's like it's it's surprise if you think about this in terms of superheroes, then they're superheroes. I think I think the movie. All right, so take away the David Dunn bit at the end of Split, and I think it's. The end of the movie. Yeah. The true end of the movie. The true end of the movie. Um, if you take away that bit, then it's neither a comic book movie nor a superhero movie. But if you add the David Dunn bit, I think it is more. I guess there are superhero tendencies because it is the whole idea of like, yeah, the um, you know, you're extraordinary and then the you think of something and you become it thing. Um, but I don't know. I think it becomes a superhero movie because of the universe it falls into. I don't think it's a superhero movie without David Dunn because there's no superhero. Yeah. There's superpowered beings, but those there's no hero in the movie that has any sort of superpowers. Because of all that nonsense we were saying about Anya Taylor-Joy not ever behaving like a more evolved being. Yeah. There's a monster and a victim. Mm-hmm. And that's like... If a monster finds someone and says, oh, I don't want to eat you. That's what happened. <laughs> it's a monster movie. Yeah. No, but for real, though, no. like, it's a monster movie, and the final the final girl got out because she was Pure apart. different. Yeah, that was the thing with, that's honestly. Pure apart uh, go ahead. in the sense that, like, she was traumatized. Well, she was, I mean, that's what the piece says. His idea of purity was reversed, but that's what it is. Yeah, like the reason I didn't see Split in the movie theater is because I saw the trailer for it and was like, "Fuck no," uh, because I'm it's a monster. It's a monster movie. movie. I'm not going to see that. And then um, I heard from people that they enjoyed it. And then I heard from my mom, the one who loves Unbreakable and Sixth Sense, that I needed to see it because the ending or something. And then three years later, you watched. And then three it. years later, after I saw the trailer for Glass, I was like, "Well, I guess I gotta watch Split now." And after I said, you better watch this movie for our podcast, you watched it. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, like, if I had known, like, that there was going to be an unbreakable tie to Split, I probably would have watched Split sooner. But because I didn't know that, like, until I saw the glass trailer, that, um... Oh, I, man, that's what you meant. Yeah. Um, that I, I was staying a thousand feet away from it because I wanted nothing to do with it no matter how good of an actor James McAvoy was. Um, because you thought it was a horror movie? Yes. Or what? Very it's a horror movie. Is it a horror movie? Oh my movie? god. When you texted us about the um, the opening credits I was fully with you. 
I saw that I've been like half telling these dudes this. I saw that in a um, this little theater by me. That's it's not one of those big screen. It's um, all the chairs are level, and okay, the screens yeah. are real big. And it was one of those like it felt like a creepy old theater when you see those credits come on. Mm-hmm. Is perfect. So oh, very, very you qualify this as a horror movie? It's a monster movie. Monster movies usually a horror like, movie. If you take out. If you take out anything related to Unbreakable, I feel like it's more of a monster movie than a superhero movie. Right, but is a monster movie a horror movie? Like the Frankenstein's monster? I mean, not necessarily, but I would say this is a monster horror movie. Yeah, like, like if you look at... Oh, we're going to go back to film history here. If you look at the original uh, Frankenstein monster movies, Dracula, um, Mummy, all of those, those were... Pete's Dragon's a monster movie. <laughs> But it's not a horror movie. There you go. Okay. This is this is a monster horror movie. Horror movie. Most most movies in the monster movie. Monsters Inc. Okay. Well, <laughs> except for the ones that John Isidore is about to throw out to just be devil's advocate right now. Most monster. I am the devil's advocate. <laughs> oh no. That's, that's a monster that, movie. That's um, what that was just then. Nope. That's just you look like an alien. Anyways, um, no, I think in general the genres of monster movie and horror movie tend to go together, except for the cases that John Isidore has listed. Except for all the exceptions that I will bring to yeah. the table. <laughs> but I think in general, they tend to go hand to hand. Like hand in hand. Mm. Hand to hand? Pirates of the Caribbean is a, there's monsters, but it's not a horror movie. All right. I just had to follow up. I said I'd bring them, so I'm bringing Thank them. Thank you. Otherwise, it's not true. It's a time travel thing. But yeah, no, I think Split absolutely not a superhero movie when you when there is no David Dunn, like it's. If you split it from Unbreakable, Split is an is a monster. Movie. Yeah. Which is funny because that's not what I was gonna say before we talked about it. That's honestly that was like that's the whole reason I didn't want to see it. So I'm glad it was a little bit more than that because I probably would have never seen it. Yeah, I'm glad. I don't know. When I think about horror movies, I just think about like slasher films. No, no. Or okay, like, I think there's three types of horror movies. Okay. You've got your your slasher where someone's out to kill you. You've got your monster where there's a thing that wants to kill things, and it's not necessarily about you, but it might kill you. Then you've got your like existential horror movies, like Alien, where the universe at large doesn't care if you exist and might want to eat you on some days. Yeah. Is Terminator a horror movie? What'd you say? Terminator? No. Terminator's a slasher movie. It's a sci-fi slasher movie. Wait, what are all the... There's a guy who... What about all the demon ghost movies? Ghost demons. Which ones? Oh, like Paranormal Activity? Paranormal Activity, the possession, the blah, 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 the scary things that Diamond will never, ever, ever see. The exorcism of Emily Rose. Those are monster movies. Those are monster movies that dip into slasher territory. But they're not like slashers because they want to get you. They're slashers because you're in their area. Okay. Yeah, I think I'll stick with what I just made up right there. Did you find the book? No, I never found it. Oh, um, he's talking about Diamond. He's talking about the. Uh, remember when we created our own definition for every genre? Yeah. That's at um, Nicole's house. No! And I thought it was in my car. It's not in my car. Okay. We'll have to talk about that one day. We'll just spend a whole day talking about what every genre is. Perfect. 
according to us, The Authority, which is a comic book and a comic team, which I like, but whatever. Yeah, which is the talk that you and I had that we probably should have recorded but never did. <laughs> we'll, make it a, wow, wow. we'll make it a YouTube thing. <laughs> Where are uh, we we were talking now? about whether or not Unbreakable and Split were superhero movies. Our comic Our book. Comic I think book we, we found out that they're monster movies. They're not either. What about, wait, Unbreakable or just Split? Because I feel like Unbreakable, well, Unbreakable is definitely is a superhero absolutely, movie. Well, it's not an adaptation of a comic book movie, but I think it fits into comic book movie, but it's more of a superhero movie. Okay. It's a superhero movie with comic book leanings, but it's not an adaptation. Okay. What is a comic book movie? Is it Com- just a well, movie that is based off of an intellectual property that is a comic book? I think so. So like Scott Pilgrim and Roche Perdition are comic book movies. I don't think that's what the general public would say, though, because like I don't think anyone's looking at Roger British and saying, "Oh, that's a comic book movie." Because no. I mean, The Walking Dead like was a comic, but then well, Unbreakable a isn't a isn't based off of a comic either. Right, and I didn't like I say it has comic book leanings because it features comic book stuff pretty heavily, like you're in a comic shop. I think. When I looked up Unbreakable earlier, it said something about having, what did it say? It said something like comic book inspired or uh, comic book inspirations or something Based like that. Based on a true comic there book. There you go. Well, I, I think Unbreakable is pretty like thoroughly a superhero movie though. Mm. Like it's a superhero movie the way Chronicles a superhero movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it plays on the superhero tropes and the superhero comic tropes but that's just superhero comics not all comics yeah what's up i don't know y'all stop talking oh yeah it was oh. when you look up uh, unbreakable it says <laughs> sorry i was looking up stuff um when you look up unbreakable it okay. says comic book references so that's as far as it goes in terms of being a comic book movie on the internet how about this this is interesting because i'm thinking about um unbreakable and I'm thinking about M. Night Shyamalan yeah. playing in, in, I don't even know if I want to call it genre, but playing in the cinematic language of a thing. Like, Unbreakable is set in a sort of a comic book world um, where the characters in it are influenced by superhero things. You've got Lady in the Water where instead of comic books, they're, they're living fables um, and signs are living alien investigation stories. Um, Sixth Sense are living ghost stories. I haven't seen enough of his movies to really like flesh out this thesis here, but could he just want to put like set worlds in the genre, but not like he doesn't give a movie sci fi trappings, he sets it in a world where sci fi things are sort of the prevalent fiction of that reality. Yeah, I think I've I've had too much. Reference. What do you mean, like uh, somebody's? I mean, that's I've not had what I meant. too much in my body. <laughs> where um, where <laughs> ghosts are a thing, but then the movie is a western. Like, what do you is that what you mean? No, I'm saying like in um, in Unbreakable, it's not only is it a 
superhero movie, but it's a superhero movie where like comic books are things. Oh, that's like, true. Sir. Like we talked about, we, well, you and I have talked about Chronicle. That's a a superhero movie set in the real world, right? Yeah. But Unbreakable is a superhero movie set in a world where one of this guy like fantasizes over comic books, um, and I don't know, like. I feel like I've got like three fifths of a thought right now, but Rumblemits has the other two fifths. Okay. Um, I'm just being honest. No, I think on the idea, I think I think it works even if you apply it to Split. Like, it's a monster movie that like I don't know. I think just the fact that like no one really seems to be shocked that besides the psychiatrist lady, um, that the beast is real. Like, maybe it's because uh, Trauma Girl is already going through some stuff. But, like... <laughs> you think they this... knew that the Beast was actually real? No, 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 no. No one was surprised, though, except for a psychiatrist lady. Like, like the the viewers weren't No, surprised. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> the viewers wanted yeah. it. Uh, trauma, but, like, even no, Trauma Girl. Like, there was no, like, freak out for Trauma Girl to be like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? It was, I guess... Yeah, Trauma Girl took it all in stride. Yeah. Like, here's this thing running at her. And, I'm sorry, running on fucking ceilings. Like, that's... At no point do I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to make this out of this alive. Um, I, once I see that. <laughs> but, like, Girl just handled, handled it like it was just a normal... At first, I think, yeah. Once it was like, I'm not a human. It's like, good, I can shoot you because that means you're an animal. Maybe that's her superpower. Um, that she can he see humans as animals to uh. shoot at things that can't die. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think. Yeah, I. She didn't seem to be shocked by it. I wasn't shocked by it. What it was like. Yeah, when you think of a thing, then maybe it can actually manifest. I'm like, oh fuck. Well, the beast is real. Um. <laughs> as soon as he said that, yes. If you were already on board. As soon as he says, if you believe it, it becomes real, then the beast is real. When he started talking about the optics, uh, where one of the personalities regenerated Mm -hmm. her eyesight. Mm -hmm. Well, like, even when they're like, have you ever seen the beast? Then it must not be real. I'm like, "Mm, they might not have to see the beast at this point. They don't operate the way you think they operate. Like, the idea of them all sitting in chairs waiting for the light is a fiction you've created to make sense of their internal world but who says that's the real thing i'm not gonna lie when they were talking about the beast the whole time i would just like imagine a dragon (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think it was gonna be one of his other personalities i just thought like all of a sudden this dragon was gonna come out of nowhere and set them all on fire let's go and read revelations (laughs) (laughs) goodness no but okay i i may be taking us off here but if we're going to live in this world where M. Night Shyamalan only makes movies with twists, what is the twist of Glass? We haven't seen it yet. Other than other than my thought where um, someone else playing Haley Joel Osment's character comes back and he's got all the powers of ghosts. The girl interacting. He's a necromancer. He's a necromancer. <laughs> the girl interacting with, uh, with uh, James McAvoy's character after escaping. You mean like her having powers like she was supposed to the whole time? No, I mean her interacting with this person even though she was tortured by said person. That's a twist. Wait, 
You think is that's that a, a twist? That it's a in twist? the trailer. I don't think that's a twist. No, I'm just. <laughs> this was. This wasn't like me necessarily being serious. It's more of me just being like, why the crap would she ever go anywhere near this person? Where it seems like she's openly just being like, hey, what's she up? She doesn't make great choices. She's... Like I understand some of her choices is like, I'm not gonna leave this car when there's clearly a problem here. As like, I freeze when there's difficult situations or. I don't react quickly. I get that. Trauma can do stuff. But I think separate from that, she also maybe doesn't make great choices. Also, I can... And I think she might talk to him. Yeah. I can see, like, the interest of I shot you point blank in the chest and the stomach and you didn't die, so let's chat. (laughs) But, like... But, you know... Also, there's the idea that, like, she knows he's not going to kill her. Mm Hmm. Like, because of the thing that Diamond was saying, yeah. that interaction ended with him choosing to not kill her. Yeah. Like, she knows she's safe. That makes sense. She, uh, out of all the people in this movie, she don't have to worry about mm. shit. It's yeah. still dumb, but yes, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's maybe dumb, but it's not the dumbest thing I've seen her do in this movie. Mm, true, unless she becomes a villain. So, there's that. I couldn't do that, because David Dunn needs some backup. That's true. And I don't really think Six Sense Boy is going to show no. up. So I could see her being his backup. backup. I also could. Because technically, I guess in a way, not that she exists as his opposite, but she exists as someone that he, she knows he won't kill her just for existing. Like, honestly, I assume that she was maybe not necessarily on David Dunn's side, but working against um, Split, so, like, against the Horde. So I assume she would be working in parallel with him at least. I feel like uh, Mr. Glass and James McAvoy's character teams up in the movie, so why would they need that girl? I don't know, because they want to make a supervillain team. I would say they need her. What would you say, Isidore? Oh, I was just saying I didn't think they needed her at all. I I'm saying I think she's on the other side with David. Dunn. Oh, okay, that makes way more sense. So you you guys weren't saying yeah. that she's a super villain. No, I was just for speculation's I mean, sake. That could be the twist. That'd be a funny twist, but I don't think the narrative supports that. Gotcha. Um, well, this this isn't unbreakable or split, but I did have a question about six cents. Haley Joe Osmond's character, okay. uh, it seems like he could like look into people's souls essentially. Where what do you mean? Um, I don't know how he was able to find out that the teacher was called I knew you were gonna say that Stammering Steve. Like he has a thing about I not that... having them look at him a certain way. And I thought it was just because like he could be able to see into somebody because of that. Oh, I thought those were two things. I thought he doesn't like being looked at that way, which is reasonable. I don't like it either. But um, I think his knowledge of who that man was as a child came from ghosts in the room talking about him. Oh. Oh, okay. That's what I assume. That's interesting. Because that fits in with that it, it, what he already does without creating a new power yeah. for him. Okay. I thought it was like another power that they didn't really explore. Okay. No, because it came in the same scene where he talks about the past of that building. Yeah, but they were... Like, in that scene, he is getting information about the past from ghosts, right? I was thinking that that was one of those things where he saw the hanging people. 
like where he froze with Bruce Willis's character later in the movie. So I was like, he's been seeing this for a while now. So I thought that he just put two and two together. People got hung. Oh, that's reasonable. People got hung, not, and it's not like they were talking, like, as you got hung. But you were saying that it was more of somebody possibly being in the room, being like, hey, this is what would happen. Yeah, I think what you said is reasonable, like, that, like, maybe he just saw those people. But, like, think about the, the moment <laughs> where he's um, about to go in for the play, and he's sitting there rehearsing his line or talking to another teacher yeah. from before. Yeah who died in the fire. Like, I think he regularly has conversations with some of the characters that, like, or, like, or at least hears them talk about stuff. Okay. I, that's, that's what I thought that was, like, he just was talking to a ghost who knew about that kid when he Gotcha. That was crazy. Like, that he started stuttering again. I was like, oh, snap. I mean, stress can bring it on. Stuttering, stuttering is not, like, understood a hundred percent but it is understood that like stress can make it worse i'm surprised that teacher still had a job though where the cinema sense when he called him a freak like i was just like oh he's fired <laughs> i mean he had an outburst in the middle of class what, what slammed on the say? desk and then called him a freak hashtag not my teacher <laughs> yeah all right I, love I, don't know. I was confused at certain parts though with Six Sense uh, when I was like, "Oh snap!" Because at first it's I was trying to figure out like the timeline of stuff. It was very odd because like even though it said 1998 on David's notes, there was a moment when he was playing back the tape. Um, I don't know. Yeah. At first, I thought it might possibly be like a flashback uh, because people called him a freak, and I was like, "Oh, they called." Donnie Wahlberg's character a freak and so maybe it's that little boy and then there was a scene when he was listening back to the recording and I was like wait a second that sounds like Haley Joe Osmond talking and I was like wait but I thought his name was different <laughs> and so I was like wait I, is this a flashback I got confused there but I don't know it was interesting so yeah that whole freak thing I was like wait are they the same person but then it turns out freak was just a common insult I guess that people use Sorry, got text. Was that his? Was that his grandma? Uh, that was open up all those cabinets. I don't think that was his grandma. Well, no, we don't know who that one was. I thought you were gonna say the one who showed the scars. Yeah. That I don't think was his grandma. I don't think so. I think we saw three separate, well, five separate ghosts in his house. The boy who shot himself through his fucking yeah. head, mm-hmm. which wow. The girl who was getting poisoned, the mom who was getting abused by her husband and she was slashing herself, the one who opened the cabinets, and Grandma. Wait, I thought the one who was showing the scars when she was like, dinner's not ready, that wasn't the same person? What evidence do you have to support that? uh, I thought that they were showing her opening it up, and then he was like, mom, and then she started screaming at him. We didn't see her opening every cabinet. I'm not saying that it's the case that it wasn't the same ghost. I'm just saying that I don't know it was the same gotcha. ghost. So there was probably, like, there were at least five. Seen or unseen. Gotcha. I, I was confused about the scars, though, on his body. 
like after seeing the person who had scars on their body, I was like, wait, is this like psychosomatic where like the scars were appearing well, on him? The way he said it towards the end is like they were fucking him. The up. ghost. Like they could, yeah. They could affect him, yeah. just like they could affect the drawers and pull him out or whatever. They could physically affect reality. Couldn't. Yeah, because the sweater was ripped, mm-hmm. and there was like marks on the back. Mm-hmm. Um. Guys, we need to talk about something else because, like, I keep talking about this ghost shit and then seeing your images and like thinking someone's about to walk behind you with one of your Skype cameras and like. Nope. What's an M. Nope. Shalamala movie that doesn't have <laughs> creepy shit in it? After Earth. That's bad acting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm much. Sounds like a ghost I'm, to I'm me. I'm much uh, great with bad acting versus ghost. I was thinking the same thing as I was talking about it. I was like, you know what's better than this? Anything <laughs> else. You know what? Okay, back to Split for a second. That bit where um, Patricia's combing her hair yep. and she does one of these. Yep. Why is that scary? Like, that's a scary... If I see that in the movie where someone just, like, suddenly does an absurd motion, that's scary to it's me. It's because you time. expect... She brushed her hair too hard. <laughs> you expect, a, like, a bone-breaking sound when you hear, when you see quick things yeah. like that in scary movies. What? She just oh, brushed no, her hair too hard. I, I don't know why she did it, but... I it seemed really hostile. Like, it seemed like yeah. a super aggressive, menacing... Uh, yeah. No, John's dead. Oh my god. He said it so <laughs> casually. We never saw anyway. You're like, so anyways, final fortunes. No, like I think, what? <laughs> I think I don't know. In movies like that, especially if you go in being like, This is gonna be a horror movie and terrible things are gonna happen. I don't like what's happening in my screen right now. Um that looked like a horror movie. Um is that you expect when violent motions happen that it will be followed by violence. So the fact her head jerked back, mm. like it's yeah. one thing. I'm just not looking at that screen. Um, <laughs> it's one thing to be like, oh, she was just brushing her hair and like just jerked it. But when you're already expecting right. a violent motion to equal violence, I was expecting something else. Yeah. And so not just Got that you. and not just what's happening on John Isidore's screen right now. Stop that madness. We just stop talking about ghosts for you and you're doing this madness on the screen. <laughs> madness. But what are you talking about? Let's came back from the deck. Yeah, we noticed. Um <laughs> we were talking about uh <laughs> that head jerking scene. I almost said. Yeah, I I heard what you were saying. I almost said that these I agree. violent delights meet these violent ends. I almost went Westworld. <laughs> Diamond, I don't like when you like move your camera <laughs> because it makes me want to look at the world behind you, and that freaks me out. <laughs> hey guys, what's some nice movies we watch that don't have scary fucking ghosts in them? Um. Well, we didn't watch any of those movies uh, this week because we watched M Night Shyamalan movies. That was creepy. Like in my headphones, it sounded scary. like Diamond's audio Wait. doubled. What Thomas? Freaked the crap out of me. Deviled? <laughs> I said it sounded like <laughs> Diamond's audio Uh-oh. like had an echo effect, and I was like, "Oh no!" It's because the ghosts are. You're here. fine. No, no, no. You're fine. You don't have to adjust. Don't Can do we that. Do a final fortune? <laughs> Can we end this? Because I'm scared. 
I would have ended on a happy note. Well, maybe the fortune will tell us. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> you are all <laughs> doomed. <laughs> That's not the fortune it should be. Alright, I got one, I got one, I got one, I got one. Okay. Hang on, hang on, guys. Alright. You can't build a reputation on what you are going to do. Alright, then. You can't Dang. build a reputation on what you are going to do. <laughs> Drag me. <laughs> To hell. Oh, why did you have to end it that way? I really was hoping that I'd pull out one of these super spooky. <laughs> I like that you're worried about what's ha happening in my background, whereas you have like a floating hey, guys, head happening in yours. I found one. Oh, God. I put the next one. You want to hear the next one? No. I guess our I don't final think fortunes so. will be our not so final fortunes and our final one. Okay. Because this is the final one. You can't choose how you will die. I hate you. you. What? You what? <laughs> I think you should, should have just ended it with you cannot choose how you die. <laughs> I wanted to give the full story. Yeah, well, thank you. But the final, final fortune is you cannot choose how you die. Thanks <laughs> for coming to second dinner. <laughs> oh, goodness. I hope you make it home safely. <laughs> Wait, I got a new one. Oh, I got a new what? One. Stop. <laughs> I picked the third one. <laughs> it it only says there is no security in life. <laughs> no, we're sticking with, well, with the the death one. But um, it's been great. Catch you guys next time an episode comes up. <laughs> it's been real having y'all guys. We'll catch you next week. On sec well, I don't know when this comes out. At some point in the future. Hey! You never know how you're going to die. There's no security in life. <laughs> you only live once if you're lucky. What? <laughs> what? Yolo. Yolo. If you're lucky. <laughs> this podcast is produced by Altman Street Productions, an 1127 media subsidiary.